Good morning, church. So excited to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, just to introduce myself, my name's Jed Warline. I'm the new uh, campus minister here at Artes Valley location. And uh, <laughs> and we are very excited to be here with you. Uh, just from my family to you guys, we want to say thank you guys so much for making us feel welcome and uh, uh, just a part of this family. And we are excited to get started here. And so we're going to open. And so we're going to come into a, a series. It's a couple week series. And it's called Soul Care. And, and so soul care is something we're going to talk about in the next couple weeks. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. You know, when I looked at the schedule and I saw that uh, uh, the series was coming up, I was like, on my, first, on my first Sunday I'm preaching here, I want something easy, right? <laughs> Give me something that I'm okay with. And because my grandpa always said, he said the pastor has his most important two messages are the one he begins with and the one he leaves with and make sure they're not on the same day. And, and, and so that was stuck in my mind, and, and I saw what we're, uh, our series was about, and church, I'm going to be honest with you, the, the first week had me like, seriously, seriously today, and so we're going to talk about anxiety, <laughs> believe it or not, um, but uh, you know, we're going to talk about something that so many people struggle with, but nobody wants to talk about. We struggle with something that so many people that we know struggle and lose a quality of life over, but nobody will talk about it. So when we talk about anxiety and, we, and we're going to get into scripture where, where God tells us anxiety is not new. This is something that has been around for a long time and we're going to read scripture that proves that and shows us, but we're also going to talk about how we can defeat anxiety because something that we need to understand is in this day and age, anxiety is taking no prisoners, church. Anxiety runs uh, rampant in schools and workplaces and all over. We need to understand before we even get started that mental health is not a trend. It is a truth. It is something that many and many of people struggle with. And we need to stop ignoring it and acting like it doesn't exist. So today when we talk about anxiety and we talk about uh, uh, the different things uh, that scripture tells us how we can beat it and how we can defeat it, I know we worry a lot. I call anxiety, it's the, it's the war of the worry. Every day when you wake up, you have a choice to worry about things or let, let God take care of things. It's something, church, that I truly believe we're losing the war of worry. We choose to worry every day over things that we honestly should not have any part of. That should be up to God, and we need to give it up to him and leave it to him. What do we worry about? As a parent, I worry about my kids. Some of you guys can relate to that. We worry about our kids. We worry about their grades. We worry about, um, you know, do they have good friends? We worry about our kids probably more than we worry about a lot of other stuff. We also worry a lot about our jobs, our, our careers, our retirement. We worry about our jobs. How many of you lose sleep because of your job every week? A lot of us, right? We, a lot of us, we worry about, we have anxiety over our jobs and we lose the battle of worry because of our employment. Another thing that we worry about way too much is what people think of us. We spend time in our day, you give them so much time in your day that you worry about what they think about you. You are loved in the eyes of God. That's the most important thing. It truly is. 
So when we get and we're going to get into scripture and and this is what I want to to open with is anxiety is not new. It's something in the Bible that it's been around for a long time and a lot of people have struggled with it. And so we're going to look in Psalm six and it says this. It says, oh, Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O God, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you who will give you praise. I am worried this morning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. And in 7 and 8 it says, My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. Church, this is a psalm that cries out desperation. This is a psalm that cries out heartache. This is a psalm that cries out uh, 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 something that is off in our life. This psalm right here shows exactly what many, if not most of us, are dealing with on a daily basis. How many of you guys go to bed tired and weep and weeping? How many of you guys go to bed worrying about something that honestly doesn't need to be worried about? Church, we waste so much time Worrying about things that we shouldn't worry about. And in Psalm, it tells us we are wasting away because of grief. We are wasting away because of exhaustion. And that's exactly how Satan likes it. Satan likes that we focus so much on things that we really shouldn't. I say, I've said this for years. For years, Satan wants to be loud about what's wrong, so we will be quiet about what is right. And that's something that we can't do, and that's something that we can't accomplish if we let anxiety take our words, let anxiety take our, our, our energy, let anxiety take control of our life. So church, we're going to ask ourselves two questions this morning. Number one, what is anxiety? And number two, what we can do about it? Because church, I'm going to tell you this, we can do something about anxiety and mental health. We have been told for a long time that there's nothing you can do. I am telling you, there is something that we can do, and we need to start doing it. But first, what is anxiety? And let me read you a definition of what anxiety is. It's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something that is happening or something that may happen in the future. It's a desire to be in, in control of the future, which church, we simply cannot do. 100% transparency. I was struggling with Worry, nervousness, or unease before I got up here this morning. I was, I was batting a thousand, right? And then I looked, I said, and I, I read this, I was reading over it, and it says, uh, anxiety, it's a desire to be in control of the future. Church, we cannot do this. We need to understand we are not in control. Jesus Christ is. And when we understand that and we realize that, it's going to be a different world that we live in. Because we are not in control. I always say this. If you're in control, you're out of control. If you're a human being and you're in control, you're out of control. Usually you're making decisions that are based on the first thing that pops into your head. 
Maybe you're guided by your heart and you, you just go off uh, in every which way, every different directions. If you are in control, you are out of control because God needs to be in control of everything in your life. He needs to be in control of the places you go, the people you see. He needs to be in control of that. So what is anxiety? What, is, what can anxiety do? You know, anxiety can do a lot of different things. It can cause weight gain. Anxiety can cause bad health. When you worry and stress about something, do you know what it does to your heart? I mean, it, anxiety can really take a toll on your body. Not to mention, you can't have really pretty skin with anxiety because you just break out. That's why I cover half my face with a beard. <laughs> right? Anxiety can do a lot of different things in your life. But the biggest one, church, that we need to look at that anxiety can do in our life it gives us a lack of faith. And that's something we can't have. We are letting anxiety take control of our life, and the first thing it ever attacks is our faith. But we need to learn, and we need to live by this, that our faith is what we need to be grounded in. You will never lose the fear of anxiety by losing your faith. You can't. And that's the first thing that goes when we're anxious about different things in our life. So the two, th two symptoms of anxiety that we struggle with is physical uh, ailments and also that we lose our faith. So the Apostle Paul tells us, what is anxiety? It is a battle of the mind. And he tells us this uh, in, in Romans, it is a battle of your mind. Every day you have to make a decision. Every day you have, you, have a, you have two sides in your mind, and you have to make a choice. And that's the battle of the mind. Which way am I going? Am I going to choose anxiousness, or am I going to choose the path that I can bless people and pour into people? A lot of times we go to the anxiousness, and it's a battle that Paul talks about. And it says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Over and over and over again in the New Testament, he encourages us to win the battle of our minds. I heard someone say this past week, the first step to sin starts up here. The first step to sinning starts right up here in your mind. And that's why we have to win the battle of our mind. We have to win the moments in our life that give us anxiety and gives us worry and affects our mental health. Other, other scriptures that we can look at that tells us why the mind is so important to defeat anxiety. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's in Romans. Colossians 3 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. And 1 Peter is one of my favorite ones that we're going to talk about. Therefore, prepare your mind for action, church. Prepare your mind for action and be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it tells us that we need to, to, to prepare for things that are coming. We need to prepare for things, but we don't need to worry. There is a huge difference between preparation and worry. A huge difference. We need to prepare, but we don't need to worry. How many of you guys, when you go on vacation, it is not a vacation whatsoever? 
You're trying to prep, but it's covered by anxiety, right? And then when you come home, you're supposed to be all relaxed and chill, but you're not because you got to worry about having to unpack the van, make sure you have all the kids that you took with you. Like different anxious moments in your life, you have to, you, we, we put ourselves in that situation, but we need to be prepared and not anxious. How do we be prepared and not anxious? Well, scripture tells us. First Peter says we need to prepare our minds. We need to prepare ourselves for things that's going to happen in our life. Not one of you are going to avoid death. Not one of you. Not one of you are going to avoid somebody in your life having a bad day. Not one of you are going to avoid yourself having a moment in your life that affects you and your mental health. We need to prepare for it, but we don't need to be anxious about it. So we're going to read our focus verse again, and it says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Let the Lord at his hand do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety is a battle of the mind, church. We've talked about this. And, you know, I want to give you three really quick points about why it's a battle and why we need to win it and how we can win it. A mental health diagnosis is not a death sentence. You can defeat it, church. A mental health diagnosis is not a death sentence. You can defeat it. You can defeat it. Anxiety can be beat today. Second one is a mental health diagnosis. It it describes you, but it should not define you. It describes you, but it will not define you. Church, fear only wins if you let it take place of your faith. And if you have fear over anxiety, it will only win if you let it take place over the faith you should have in Jesus Christ. So number one, we talked about what anxiety is. And then Paul continues, he said, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. All of us have something to be, to, to be praiseful about every day of our lives. You have a breath in your lung, you should praise. You get to see loved ones every day, you should praise. You get to see people that maybe you just eh, kind of care about, you should give praise. It says whatever is right, whatever is just, whatever is good, you have to, be, you, you have to bring praise to that. So what is anxiety? Now we're going to jump to the next question. What can we do about it? What can we do about it? Like, we have been told for a long time that you really can't do anything. Just, just deal with it. Well, there's three ways that we're going to show you that we can deal with it. Number one is we can pray about it, church. Church, we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. Amen? Amen. Prayer should be a first response, not a last resort. Prayer should be the first thing you go to, not the last thing that you rely on. When something happens in your life, something, maybe you have a moment, moment that causes you a lot of anxiety, you should pray before you go into it, you should pray while you're in it, and you should give him thanks after you come out of it. But usually what we do is we go into it, we're halfway through it, and we start to panic, and then we get out of it, and we're like, God, where were you? 
We need to understand that prayer, when it comes to anxiety and mental health, it needs to be a first response. It can't be the last thing we do. And when we do go into prayer, church, when you bring something into prayer, you need to have the mentality that you're not going to walk out of it with it. But that's what we do. We walk into it with the mentality. We're just going to take it back with us. When you walk into prayer and you're going to leave stuff, you need to make sure in your mind you're leaving it. When we look at scripture for this point, there's one that I really love, and it's, our, it's in our focus at, uh, scripture. It's in Philippians 4, and it says this, and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That is one mistake that we make is we try to take it back. We feel that we left it in good hands until we think we could do better. We feel like we left it with the person that, that, that can take away our anxiety, take away our depression until it doesn't happen on our time and we take it back. Church, that one hit a nerve. I know it did. We feel that we have the right to take it back when it doesn't happen when we think it should happen. Church, when we pray about our anxiety and the things that are going wrong in our life, we need to trust him with the problem and we need to trust him with the solution. We need to trust him with what we're giving to him and we need to trust with what we're taking back. Church, but a lot of times that's where we get a little confused is we trust him with it. We trust him with the prayer, but we really don't pay a lot of attention to the thing that we're supposed to be taking back. And that's the solution. So number one is we need to pray about it. We need to lift it to him. And, and I know a lot of times it's hard to pray about something like that that's so intimate. But when you talk about intimacy and you talk about the uh, intimate act of prayer, and we're like, well, I just, I can't pray like that. Church, God has seen your most intimate moments and you didn't even know. And you can enter into an intimate time of prayer with him about the things you're struggling with. Number two is how to handle anxiety. We need to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. I told you I was going to be very transparent with you guys. And, you know, this past two years have been very, very tough for me. I, I had a lot of stuff happen. And uh, the first thing that went was my mental health. I mean, bottomed out. And I remember it was one conversation, one conversation with one person that I really don't know very well. And I shared everything with them. I shared everything that I've been struggling with, everything that, that takes away the peace that I have in my life. I shared everything with them. And he had one response. And his response was, have you forgotten about the goodness of God? Number two, how do you be anxiety? Please do not forget that God is good. That there is goodness of God. You know, when in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sharing a lot of my story with you. And when he told me this, I was like, that is the first thing that I forgot, that there's goodness of God, that God is good. When my father was tragically, uh, he tragically passed away when I was a little boy, God had me then. So why wouldn't he have me now? When my daughter was sick and going through all these brain surgeries, God had my daughter, brought her through it. Why would he not have me now? Amen. When we struggle with mental health and we struggle with, with anxiety and depression, it breaks us. 
It tears us. And honestly, it makes us weak. And also it makes us a lot, uh, really vulnerable to things and thoughts that we do not need to have in our head. And the first thought that usually goes in our head is God does not care or love about me. Church, God is good. He always has been and he always will be. There is goodness in God. And that's how you break anxiety is, is you need to understand that God is good and there's goodness. Jesus reminds us of the goodness of God. Think about this scripture. The son is reminding us about his father, about how good he is. That means it's coming from a place of love. And he says this, he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor they reap nor they gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are in which you are and which of you by being anxious, can handle a single hour to a span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these things. Church, we worry about the silliest things. How many of you guys took more than 20 minutes to get dressed today? <laughs> Guilty. Right? We worry so much about what we look like, what we wear. Oh, I got a wrinkle. I'm just kidding. See, that's what we do. We, we worry about stuff that honestly does not matter. And because we're worrying so much about stuff that doesn't matter, we really don't focus on the things that do. I mean, Scripture tells us, don't worry about your clothes. It's biblical. He says, do not worry about your clothes. I will clothe you. I will feed you. Most importantly, he tells us, I will provide for you. He will provide you peace. And there, right there, is enough to defeat anxiety. It's when God can provide peace that nobody else or no other thing can. So we look at this and, and we, we, the first thing that we forget when we get anxious and we get depressed is we forget about the goodness of God. Church, listen to this. God has you. He has always had you, and he will always have you. No matter what you're going through, no matter how many tears you have cried in the last five to seven to two months, God has you. God's got you, and he will provide for you. But that's the first thing that really goes is when we talk about this is, is we think that God, just because we're struggling, just because we can't control stuff in our life, that God does not love us. That is not true, church. God doesn't just love you. He adores you. He absolutely adores his children, and that is us. So next time that something happens in your life that, that honestly you're losing sleep over or, or you're having an anxious moment about, truly just remember, God has you. And he will always have you. Well, I shared this story with you about me struggling with, with uh, my, my mental health. The, the, the gentleman that I spoke to, it was the single most impactful moment of my life. And it changed the trajectory of my life because one person looked at me 
and saw my red crying eyes, saw my flushed face, saw me just exhausted, bags under my eyes, and he looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> Don't we do that? Are you okay? Absolutely. But he didn't stop there. He's like, no, I'm serious. Look at me. Are you okay? I said, no, I'm not. Church, that's how it starts. One question. One question can change the trajectory of somebody else's life. Are you okay? Church, when we look at how the goodness of God is so powerful, I always look back on moments in our lives that we can't explain, that we can't understand, but yet they still happen. That is the goodness of God. It can't be explained. It can't be understood, but it's there. And the last question, or the last thing that we can do to defeat anxiety is simply this. We can put ourselves completely in the hands of God. Luke 10 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and church, finish it with me, with all your mind. So why would they put this in scripture if it was not important? It says, love him with all your strength, love him with all your soul, with all your heart, but most importantly, you have to love him with your mind. Church, we need to stop filling our heads with things that honestly are bad for us. We put ourselves in different situations because we think that situation loves us. We, we put ourselves around people because we pe feel those people love us, but yet they're, they're bad for us, or we make bad decisions, or we, we think differently when we're around them. Church, listen to this. When we look at anxiety and depression, if you want to defeat it, you have to completely give your life to Jesus Christ. Give him every aspect of you. Because a lot of us, we give him parts of us at different times. I say we, I always say we put our heart on layaway. We'll give you a little bit at a time, but you got to give me something. Church, we have to give God everything we have if we want to take down anxiety. When we look at our lives and we look at everything around us, there's one thing and one thing only that I want to end on today, and that's the word peace. When you're anxious or when you deal with depression, peace is usually the farthest thing from you. But it should be the closest thing that you grab a hold of. When we talk about peace, I want to read the last scripture, and it's Philippians 4, 7. And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is peace in the Lord, church. Anything you do, everywhere you go, there is peace. Every decision you have to make, every moment that you walk through, there is peace. But that's the first thing that we forget when we enter into a moment that has us questioning different things. I want to share a story with you for my, my last point, and it's, it's about the peace that we can only get from Jesus Christ. We can find different pieces around us, but it's not a true peace. So about five years ago, 40 years ago, uh, we were at a football game, and my sons played football, and my, my daughter was uh, there with us. It was very hot. It was like 90 degrees, and, and she started to act a little bit different. She started to 
not be herself. And, and we just thought she was dehydrated. And, and so we, we, we came home, we tried to get her, give her fluids, and she still didn't act right. And, and so after that, we decided, well, we're going to take her to the ER just to make sure. And uh, we went to the ER, and the doctor came in and shut the door and sat down. So right there, it was like our piece just went out the window, you know. And uh, he said, uh, your daughter has a mass in her brain that's the size of a pit of a plum, and it's right in the middle. And I remember that was a moment in my life, all my peace went out the door. A dad that worries as much as I did before that, I turned into the most anxious person that honestly probably any of you have met. And then we looked at treatment for, and we went to a whole bunch of different children's hospitals. Uh, We went to different places all over the country. And we just never got any answers. They, they wanted, they could only treat the symptoms, but they couldn't find out how to safely remove the, the mass that was in her brain. Church, not a lot of people can relate to this, but have you ever heard your son or daughter cry themselves to sleep out of pain? There's no peace there. And so that's what we did for, for almost six months is, My daughter was in so much pain. We could hear her crying herself to sleep. And then finally one day we, (laughs) the joys of Facebook, we put on Facebook, we're like, hey, does anybody know of a good children's hospital in the United States? We will go wherever, we will go whenever. Somebody give us a good recommendation. And it was uniformed. Everyone's like, you need to go to Boston Children's Hospital. And so we flew down there, and like I said, I don't think we were even invited. We just walked in. Um, probably looked like Beverly Hillbillies, honestly, especially when they saw my name was Jed. <laughs> the, um, so we just walked on in, and, and uh, they started doing tests, and the doctor, the surgeon walked out, and he introduced himself, and we started talking to him. And uh, church, I'll be honest with you, I was just searching for peace this entire time. I was like, God, I need some peace right now because I don't have it. And I was a different person when I did not have that peace in my life. I let anxiety control how I was as a father. I let anxiety control how I was as a husband. I let anxiety control how I was as a pastor. I was looking for some kind of peace. And the doctor walked in and he introduced himself and he said, I'm going to do a procedure. He said that I created, I developed. He said, I'm the only one right now in the country that will do this on a a child this age. I had peace in that. I don't know how, but I had peace in that. And I remember uh, they they, uh, told us, they said, we're going to do a a first surgery. And if the first surgery doesn't work, we'll go to the second. We're going to go to the third. And they told us every time we go to the next surgery, uh, the chances of her pulling through is reduced by 30%. And so we were sitting there, and she went through her first surgery, and, and uh, um, we were just waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. And then one night in the middle of the night, her, her pressure in her brain skyrocketed. Trauma team rushed in. <clears throat> All these people rushed in to save our little girl. I, my peace went out the window when those doors opened. I was still searching for peace. I was so anxious. And they looked at us and they said, we need to go to the second surgery if we're going to save her. She has a chance. We got to go to the second one. And so they brought us back and 
we're sitting there and, you know, there's no peace to be found in our room whatsoever. We were both very anxious. My wife's not an anxious person, but. And all of a sudden they came and they started wheeling her down and they said, you need to say goodbye. And so my wife and I looked at her and we said goodbye and we're sitting there holding each other and again, no peace to be found whatsoever and they're rolling it just like a movie, rolling her down this long hallway. About halfway down and my wife and I are sobbing and no peace to be found. And all of a sudden we heard the nurse pushing the bed saying, grace, grace, God's grace. Grace is greater than all the sin. Peace flooded that operating room. Peace flooded that hallway. But most importantly, peace flooded mine and my wife's mind. We knew at that moment that God was going to have, like he tells us in scripture, God's got our little girl. And she came out of that surgery and she has been symptom-free. She has been pain-free for almost four years. That right there... God, when I tell you, guys, when I tell you this, when we just give everything we have to God, the peace can flood in. The peace can just flow into your life. It will take away anxiety. It will take away depression. It will take away anything that you are letting control your decisions or your life. When you let God into your life a hundred percent, no holds barred, no area marked off, no area roped off, if you let God into your life a hundred percent, the peace will flood every part of your life. Church, that's something that we need to understand as a body of believers, that there is peace in Jesus Christ. There's peace in every moment of your life because of him. God, as we come to this moment and God, as we come to you today, Lord, God, I know there's a lot of people in our lives that struggle with anxiety. They let things control them, Lord, that to be honest has no business being in their life whatsoever. God, we we have things in our life that let us make decisions and choices. God, that we shouldn't make. God, my prayer to you today is simply this. God, we are searching for peace in every way. God, we know anxiety is a battle of the mind that only you can win. God, so in these moments, Lord, that we have, God, we lift up everybody in our lives, Lord, that is struggling with anxiety or depression or any type of mental health issues. And God, we lift them up to you and we're going to leave them with you. God, you're going to do great things through so many people that thought they could never do anything. God, we thank you for that peace. Amen. As we come into our closing song, if you personally struggle with anxiety and you would like us to pray for you or with you, you can message me. I'll meet with you, or we could pray for you down here. Church, you can stop your anxiety today. You can win that battle of your mind today, but you have to 100% give everything you have to Jesus Christ.